Rasputin, bring in the bucket of soapy frogs and remove his trousers. So, what is it? So, what is it? So, what is it? The Red Dwarf Podcast! Hello, good evening, and welcome to So, What Is It? A Red Wolf podcast. I'm pretty sure I'm correct about that. I've just been watching Red Dwarf making notes, so I, I hope I am. Um, with me today, I have surprise, surprise, Dan. Hi. Matty. Hello. And Matt. <laughs> Hello. Yes, we're laughing because there's a bit you won't hear. You will in the outtakes. In <laughs> no, no, there's far too many outtakes where it's just us getting things wrong which are funny once or twice but if i had a whole episode of them that become boring pretty quick <laughs> anyway we're on meltdown end of series four believe it or not these things do fly around uh we've been doing this um podcast for about half a year now guys wow we have half a year yeah. our 24th episode 24th episode plus a few bonus ones yeah so so we've been going for a little while it's, it seems quite, even if it's only series four it seems quite an achievement so meltdown mm-hmm. end of series four oh where, where, well shall we start where shall we start matty this is, you sent us a message earlier do you want to tell us what it said <laughs> i mean i think i can i know there's a word that i say a lot that we take the mick out of me saying but i think in this episode it fits completely and that word is random <laughs> it was a, a slightly odd episode in the sense of it goes somewhere and it feels a bit different, doesn't it? But that's what I love about Red Dwarf is that we can do these things. My two favourite programmes, Red Dwarf and Doctor Who, and it's sort of, it has a remit to do quite a lot of different things. Did yeah. you find it random, Matt? Random and odd are good. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Yeah, um, I did find it um, an, an unusual, but what a great story. You know, these guys, they they do not rest on their laurels. They, there's no rehashing of old things. This is, you know, completely different. Completely different. I really, really like this episode. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. I mean, mm. there are some rehashes. We've got Marilyn Monroe again. It's good to see Marilyn, wasn't it, Dan? Uh, always. Uh, we, we also had Hitler again. <laughs> Um, Sorry, and we had the return of Tony Hawks as well. And we had yeah, Tony Hawks again, I was going to say. But look, I, I really, really like this episode. It's got some of my favourite lines in it, or the ones that I remember down the years. I was in a state of grippedness from start to finish. <laughs> <laughs> grippedness. Can't you tell the story is not gripping me? I am in a state of non-gripness. I am completely <laughs> smegging, ungripped. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, I, I don't think I ever latched onto this as my, as my uh, top episode of series four, but I, I watched it plenty. And the first thing we said to each other before we watched it, Dan, was a particular line, which I think will come up, so I'm not going to say it. Um, and we both definitely latched onto that line together, didn't we? So let's do a quick round, shall we? Um, go, go on, Matty. You give us something you enjoy from this random episode. <laughs> I mean, for me, it had to be in the battle and all the people blowing up. I mean, that that battle scene, I was actually in tears. I was full on in tears. The way they did it and they just blew up and you just saw their shoes left behind was beautiful. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. 
Well, we try not well, to talk about things too much in advance, but I did get a little message from Matt saying, I can't believe they just blew up Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, though. It was the way he looked when he blew up as well. It was just amazing. I mean, Gandhi and was priceless. Mother Teresa as well. <laughs> Mother Teresa. That's not a nun, Listy. That's Lieutenant Colonel Mother Teresa. Look, there were some casualties. All right. <laughs> But yeah, good, good shout, Matty. Uh, that was a great moment. But G- Gandhi, in particular, is a standout out of those characters. Yeah, I'm going to go to da- go to Dan. I'm going to Dan. Dan, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching you, Gandhi. I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love that line. It's the way it's delivered. It's after him giving him a dressing down. It, yeah, no, excellent. He was channeling. Uh, he was he was channeling Full Metal Jacket in that scene, but he was doing it very well with just just the right amount of mania. I mean, this was full-on, unfettered, unrestrained rimmer in his element and uh, I, I used think, in Gandhi and other pacifists and leftists and peaceniks. We don't, we don't like existentialists here. <laughs> oh, that was, yeah, there was definitely an, another film um, parody as well with uh, Officer and a Gentleman talking about oh, yeah, yeah, and queers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we had a bit of a um, Officer and a Gentleman. Well, Sartre, we don't like existentialists around here. And we certainly don't like French philosophers poncing around in their black polo necks, filling everyone's heads with their theories about the bleakness of existence and the absurdity of the cosmos. Clear? Um, Matt, go on, give us something. Okay, I'm going to give you a line, and it's one of that I thought was brilliant when uh, Lister and Cat are, are, are trapped in a cell, and, and in comes Caligula. He slept with his mother and his sister and ate his son, and Cat says. Well, we all feel peckish after making love, but most of us settle for a pizza. I thought was <laughs> well. There you go. That's a little callback to the make, making love and pizza scenario, which we have had before. Oh dear, these writers just reusing the same old jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to stick with Caligula too. Then, I, you know, it's, it's my brand of humour, particularly the, the old slapping the wrong person on the face when <laughs> upset him. That's, that's super tough. So uh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say about the so- soapy frogs. <laughs> oh, so, so whilst this maybe didn't impress me as much overall as I that I wanted, well, I think we've brought out some great stuff already with a bit more to come. Really, um, and any wider thoughts, Matt? I, I have to say there were some great additional characters. There were some great characters. The Elvis was great. Elvis I loved him. Was great. He was yeah. fantastic. Just right from the start with the. Reach for the sky, boys. Thank you very much. You know, I loved all those little touches, and you know, even with the theme tune at the end. I mean, yes. he had some really good I, lines, didn't he? He had some really good he lines. He did. Let's see those understeens, boys. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, there was a. There was a repeat reference to Goering yes. being a, a cocaine addict and transvestite. Obviously, that's come out. That was in a previous, uh, quite early on episode. Uh, yeah, it feels to me that they, they've they had him on their minds from before to make the joke. And sort of like the series has moved on. And whilst some of this stuff was obviously on a budget from what we're used to these days, it's sort of like, oh, they've got the chance to go wider with it and actually bring these characters in. Yeah, and, and the cat finished up the, the, that bit with a, a really great line uh, with he's a transvestite with those hips. Well, we've definitely we've definitely hit themes with cat now. I think every single episode this series has had cat with his concerns <clears throat> about fashion. Not that they weren't there before, 
but they've made a, a point of it, I think, Dan, haven't they? Really, there's they, always been those lines there. And I don't think it's gone too far yet, but no. Becky could turn around and say, oh, he's, he's saying the same stuff all the time now. I don't quite agree. I think there's still, we're still in, in funny zone with... Are you insane? You seriously expect me to wear grey out of season? <laughs> when they're yeah. talking about becoming their guards. He's, he's, it's his character... Um, and it's in, in lieu of just a catchphrase saying the same thing, I think they're doing a good job of having him uh, be obsessed with fashion, clearly, to the extent that in, in last week's episode he was he, he thought he could carry off gangrene and apricot, for example, as he was potentially going to lose a limb. He's obsessed with fashion, but they're finding new ways of doing it. So rather than just saying the same thing, he's saying a similar thing, but I think they're still finding ways of landing it and keeping it fresh and so that you would still enjoy the hype still enjoy the character and mm-hmm. yes it's 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 rehearsed territory but finding new ways of doing it okay and just because we touched on some of those other characters i thought that the the, the wax droids were brilliant you know i you know it wasn't the greatest marilyn monroe impression or the greatest elvis impression it was enough it felt to me like a like a, a notwithstanding that this is three million years in the future a cheap crappy theme park and that's what you get for the cheap crappy theme park you get not the most convincing of those of those impressions and i thought they were great i thought they added real value far better they didn't take them too seriously for me. well i i love the elvis i thought you know yeah. as a as a standard elvis impression it was what you expect joan of art nelson wellington hell baby even doris day they've <laughs> <laughs> all died in battle man marion monroe didn't have loads to say she was fine i'm gonna go there now stan laurel was the low point of the episode for me <laughs> I think it is not so you knew it was Stan Laurel, but and I and I wonder whether they because they didn't really do. I mean, did a little bit of the sort of scratching his head, you know, thinking about you know, trying to cry a bit. But did they have a did they have a brochure of impressionists that they could put into the or act that they could put into this show and they just picked the ones that they liked, or did they think right we're going to use Stan Laurel because I don't think they did really. Well, so, I wondered if it was funnier on the page. And then, uh, for me, he had about three or four lines, and it was delivered the same, and it sort of killed killed the momentum yeah. of of the the scenes. It, it ended the scene as well, so that that's my biggest complaint about the episode. So yeah, I wonder if it was a. Oh, it'd be funny to have Stan Laurel crying about stuff, which you know the idea I think is good, but it just somehow didn't quite work. Matty, you've been quiet for ages. You've, I think you might have always turned to your phone. What's going on? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Stan Laurel? <laughs> Um, well, or any of the other droids for that matter. well I mean first of all I had to kind of google who he was but um... <laughs> no <laughs> you don't know who Laure- Lauren Hardy oh come on Matty you're not that young I mean, I don't know whether to be insulted by that or not, but no, I actually, I didn't, I knew I recognised the character, but I did, I had to Google, and even as you guys have been talking, you say I'm on my phone, I've been Googling as you guys have been talking. So, what, who Stan Laurel was? Yeah. I mean, I know Laurel and Hardy. I'll tell, tell you what, Matty, on BBC iPlayer at the moment, I, Stan and Ollie, the film is on there, the recent biopic of Laurel and Hardy doesn't show them in their comedy genius but it's their life's story which is a really good film but you know hey maybe you should know <laughs> laurel and hardy are first carry on you're a total bloody shambles with the laurel and hardy stuff i can't really comment too much because i don't know much about that style i can only say about from what i saw overall of the episode which i absolutely loved Oh, well, if you didn't well, know who Stan Laurel was, I'm sure there was quite a few references that you know would have been way over. Well, have you have you seen seen all of Pythagoras's films? 
<laughs> I thought Einstein and Pythagoras arguing and everything about I, I loved that. Yeah, it was, yeah, was a great yeah. line. If only we numbered 21, then at least we could form an equilateral triangle. <laughs> the idea that Einstein is begin seriously beginning to lose his temper with Pythagoras. <laughs> arguably, he's the leader until Rimmer turns up because he seems to be holding court. But yeah, he's, he's getting properly cross. Uh, so, yeah, Rimmer so does I turn up, yeah. He's yeah. the leader, and then in steps the man. Me? Who'd you think, Pat Boone? Oh, good old Pat Boone. Oh, that was one of my favourite lines um, for, from a long time ago. I love the Pat Boone line. <laughs> <laughs> Am I correct in thinking Pat Boone was a singer? Did he do My Old Man's a Dust? Magic Mo was it Magic Moments, Pat Boone? No, Magic Moments is Perry Como. Perry Como. Uh, I think Pat, Pat Boone was, was a singer, British. yes. Yeah. Pat Boone was a singer. I, th I think he did My Old Man's a Dust, man. No, no, that was um, Lonnie Dolligan. Oh, yes. I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting them confused now. Oh, we're all in a, all in a dinner with our past crooners. Who the hell are these people talking about? Indeed, you know, just but and release. Either way, the way um, uh, Chris Barry delivers Pat Boone <laughs> is good. <laughs> so I've gone there with um, something Fair. I didn't didn't like. Let's let's get a couple of those out of the way. Matty, you said you loved the episode. Are you forcing yourself to find something you didn't like? Yeah, I can't. I can't really think of anything that really annoyed me or anything this episode. Um, I'm sure. Well, I look forward to receiving your rankings of the episodes then, because I haven't got them yet. No, you haven't got them yet. <laughs> Didn't realise I was supposed to send them to you first, but okay, cool. You're a total bloody shambles. But that, that's fine. If there's no, I mean, we we are talking about this stuff a lot. If there's nothing that really highlights for you, I think maybe we shouldn't bother. But yeah, the standard was sort of there for me. Dan, was there anything for you? I I don't say. Once I didn't like it, but I noticed that when they cut between the two camps, for example, they had sort of a, a, a cutaway incidental sort of music. Little bongos. Just yeah. a little, bongo, little spike there. And it stood out to me. It's like, oh, that's new. And they're obviously, you know, because of this particular story, it's an adventure. But I didn't get the sense that, oh, this is what they're going to do between scenes now. It, it sort of, I understood why they did it. it. It didn't, it wasn't a high point for me, but no, I just, there's lots to like in this episode. I'd rather go there. <laughs> there is, yeah. Well, I, I have to do the uh, courtesy of asking Matt the same question. Anything you didn't like so much in this episode? Um, there was things I was kind of slightly bemused by. Um, <laughs> the the stock footage of the kind of really bad dinos dinosaurs. <laughs> yes. And I was thinking, that's obviously, you know, some stock footage from a... Japanese Godzilla know. type Yeah, thing. exactly. But then, obviously, I got the point then it's they're referred to afterwards yeah. as you know the improbable and feeble dinosaurs which i was glad that they put in but initially i was like what the hell have i put that there but yeah yes there was one thing that i was i, I very much didn't like i have to say and that is the, the fact of uh winnie the pooh at the on the stake <laughs> and then you know assassinated winnie the pooh no. in what sense one in step what sense? one step too far blindfold and everything <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant! You don't oh, do, you don't do that to Winnie the Pooh. No, no, it I think that's just so wonderfully described by Lister as well. There was real trauma, and then he oh, no one should oh, have yeah. to see it. No one should have to see that. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, hang on, hang on! Someone's being brought out. They're tying him to a stake. It's Winnie the Pooh. It, but do you know what? If they tried using whether they're using special effects or anything else if they tried to show that it wouldn't have been as powerful it was it was listed no, right. and his trauma 
that landed that really, really well. Well, yeah. this is one of those things. I mean, you often hear people when they get into television and stuff, they always go, oh, it wasn't very good because uh, it was all, all tell and no show and stuff. And I think this sort of proves that telling can be very effective yeah. at times. Now, you don't want a giant monologue just to get a story out of the way, but the, the telling is the comedy here, isn't it? It oh, is yeah. the, the, yeah. the pitching. So so this is a How Comedy Works corner for this week. Um, <laughs> move on swiftly. <laughs> but um, what was worse, Matt, Gandhi or Winnie the Pooh? Oh, uh, probably... Probably because you could visually see Gandhi, the, the look on his face. You know, that was pretty bad. But there was something else I was kind of amused by as well. Just one more thing was the, uh, oh, my God, there's James Last. Now, I I had to kind of cast my mind back. I'm pretty, was James Laster's, um was He's an orchestra leader team. type thing. Yes. Of, of pop, pop I couldn't think of the right words. Stuff. Yes. Yeah. I think my nan liked James Last. And I was like, what? I suppose to Lister that he would have been some sort of like musical criminal. But I, I kind of was thinking, why would, what's wrong with that then? Why well, he's in Rimmer's record record collection, so he must be bad. I think that was the inference. It's a bit, bit <laughs> Okay, cheesy, all right, uh, yeah. yeah okay, yeah, point I'm sure he's a very talented, taken. very talented man. Matty, Matty, uh, a question for you then. Um, which was your favourite of Holly's four lines? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Holly genuinely did nothing on this one. I mean, there was, I mean the thing I probably chuckled at the most was when holly was actually on the little motorbike there on the screen yeah i mean i always loved that line but it's sort of like overall she might as well not have been there yeah it would have okay, made no maybe. difference exactly i think there was a novelty to her appearing in the traffic in, in sorry in the headlight on the motorbike but actually given that you know she's as aware as as most as the rest of the crew that uh that you know rimmer is just a, a psychopath waiting to happen as he demonstrated in this episode you know, she just went, okay, matey. Now, I like the way she said it, but actually, Holly would have been, you would think that Holly would have been appalled at his behaviour and wouldn't have said, okay, matey, beyond the fact that she was stuck mm-hmm. to the front of his motorbike and had no choice when he said, off we go. But You know what, I, I, you know, think, I think they, stu- I think they stuck her in there uh, so at the end of the episode they could do the give me the light bee joke again, just to sort of say, oh, Holly is there. Probably. I think it's the worst representation of poor Holly that we've seen. Mm. Um, I don't think we should talk about that anymore. There's not I much can't to talk about the three lines either. So <laughs> that she she explained about the the, uh, the the use of the teleportation. There was the OK matey, and there was. Well, of course, you do have a small physical presence. Precisely. Nothing much really, but yeah, we've covered this extensively. It's just a highlighting mm-hmm. it again, isn't it? Really, but I do love the way she says, "Okay, matey," uh, <laughs> which is good. But I just mentioned the light bee. What do you think, Matty? I'm, I'm going to you again because this is a new concept. I think this mm. is the first time I've heard the light bee, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's the first time I've heard of it. And uh, th- this continues to be a thing in the future from time to time. I think so. But mm. yeah, the first appearance of the light bee. But um, yeah, I like that. I like that. And it also leads into Curry Watch when he's swallowed. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone fancy a Vindaloo? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wonder when that was going to come up. But it was great revenge. You know, Lister is absolutely outraged by Rimmer's behaviour and gets quite out on his moralistic high horse. You know, true to his character. Yeah. He is a defender of absolutely of and catanity and, and, you know, breaking their programming. And he, so he sticks to his guns. He is absolutely disgusted. And if the least he can do is swallow Rimmer's light bee and then have a vindaloo, well, 
I think Rimmer deserved worse. <laughs> I mean, it is. I mean, it's we've quite seen a, some of uh, some of Lister's Vindaloo's indeed come to life in um, in monstrous form. So, but yeah, I mean, you touched upon upon that, and obviously the the um, the program title has a bit of a double meaning with the yeah. waxwork and Rimmer having a, a meltdown. Now they put a line in to sort of say, "Oh, he's been affected, perhaps when you chewed his light bee." Uh, is that a little excuse put in there? Because yeah, I mean it's reprehensible, really, what he does, isn't it? And no wonder. Yeah, yeah, you still have to absolutely and and like Rimmer. I mean, I know we he took a like bunch him. of holy men and pacifists and turned them into the Dirty Dozen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Round about none returned. I mean, so so yeah. I mean, he obviously he does have a meltdown. He does go particularly mad so maybe they need to tinker with his light beast and get him working properly again i don't know i think it was an excuse um but it was a good one because you know having done having put it in his mouth once he can obviously go further um in the payoff right at the end so i I, yeah no i think rimmer is a um it is a it was just waiting for his opportunity to be uh, a general and um and look this is what we all expected would happen if he ever had a position of leadership, surely. I mean, he was given one job to repair. You know, he finally graduates from chicken soup nozzle vending machines to uh, to, to drive plates and killed the entire crew of Red Dwarf. Of course, if you give him responsibility, it's going to be a nightmare. I threw a five and a two. Now, the first scene resonated with us, I expect, Dan. I don't know about you guys. Um, we used to play Risk quite a lot <laughs> in our youth. I remember it. Uh, so, so I th- for me, definitely, this scene was a oh, I'm laughing at him, but yet it's sort of a bit like me. <laughs> oh, I do In my risk campaign book, I do remember it, but not to that level of detail. I jotted it down in my risk campaign book. Um, no. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, I did, but I did enjoy that. It had extra resonance because we did used to play it quite a bit. But it, it was very funny. A five and a two, and Urquhart's were very uh, well mentioned. There, um, I mean, things I skipped over. What I was going to say about the uh, the theme because we had we had Cat also caring about the wipeout of the people, which was possibly a little bit our character. I don't know. Maybe it was just so appalling that even the cat was was outraged by it. Right. Okay. So we mentioned risk. We've mentioned Elvis. I mean, we're whizzing through this today. We've mentioned Tony Hawk's coming back. Um, one thing I know um, from editing DNA just yesterday, I said, oh, we're starting to get Crichton saying, oh, of course, it's this thing. And then working out exactly what's going on. There was a moment here in this one, wasn't there? Oh, of course, it's a wax world. It's one of those things. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's the situation. It's expedient to do so, obviously. Yeah. But <laughs> it just amused me that I said that um, four episodes ago or whatever, and then it came up in this one as well. Now, I've got I've got a question for you. I was trying to work this out. I'm trying to work out their maths. Um, maybe it doesn't matter. So they find a nearby appropriate planet, which is 200,000 light years away. It will take Starbug several billion years to get there. How does that work? <laughs> Where the hell is it? Where are they? Who built well, this planet? Well, I guess it's a light year rather than a, um, you know, uh, a year. Obviously, we don't know how long the light year is. I mean, how can how how near is Earth in comparison? Can't they get there? <laughs> it can't be more than three million years away, can it? I was going to say it's three million years away. Well, no, that's three million years of travel at, at high speed. Um, the speed of light. 
Yes, I think yeah. it probably uncovered a flaw in the. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> in the math. We've we've all learned not to question red dwarf logic anymore. I mean, we just kind of go along with it, don't we? <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah but there, there are times you go go along with the logic. But as we're chatting about it, that sort of did stand out. Sort of, they're three million years from Earth, but they're going to a planet that takes th- several billion years to get to by Starbug. So in theory, they could hop. They, they could hop to different planets to get to Earth. I would have thought. Of course, they abandon this tech afterwards. This, this is never seen again. <laughs> of course, of course. What happened the first time? You either end up in the shower, or you end up on uh, on a wax world, and uh, Rimmer kills everybody. Or the chimney, obviously. The chimney, the, the yes, chimney scene did make me laugh. We're, we're whizzing through this. Have you got anything else you want to bring up, uh, anyone? Um, yes. Was there a male member euphemism earlier on with um, your presence? So that's one your... of Holly's lines. Oh yes, that was yes. You do have a small physical presence, but it was it was the kind of said it was quite deadpan. But but she did a, a sort of slight flirty eyebrow raise, and I thought, oh, what if I've written possible penis euphemism down? <laughs> if it was, then hilarious. So I'm going to say that that's what it that's was. That's how so, I took it. Yes, yeah, yeah. Holly, Holly is marginally forgiven for that, or the writers are on her behalf. No, I think they all reacted to that, but in just a split second, it was a it was even more subtle than Lister's smirk uh, that we were we talked about a, a few weeks ago when um, you know he's talking to talking to Crichton and, um, and he goes, "Oh, you've gone into smirk. the double Polaroid." We know that was a that was a genuine smirk. I want to talk to you about my penis. No, that was a good line. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it was good. Um, Matt, anything else you want to bring up? No, not at all. I think everything that I think everything's been said. Really, you're a total bloody shambles. This is possibly our quickest ever episode. How long have we been recording for? Twenty-seven minutes. Oof. Let's now, I have one. Right. Okay. This is this is kind of like just going to be quite. This is quite annoying. Okay. I'm going. I'm prepared to, to, for you to think I'm, I'm being annoying. Twenty-seven but... minutes. Is this a risk story? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not. It's not... It's not a story, but why were Hitler and the rest of the other Germans speaking English? Because it's a red dwarf. <laughs> because well, well, because it's yes, Waxworld. Because it's Waxworld. It's a representation of the people who visit the theme park the most. There, how about that? Well, that's the, and that was the answer that I wanted, Matty. Not yours. I wanted that answer. <laughs> no, I wanted a proper red dwarf. Explanation. Not a, it's red See, I, I can explain some things. All right, here's my question for you then. How did Lincoln, let alone Cat, how did Lincoln know the plan to let go of the teleportation paddle when they were escaping? See? You know. Uh, Matt, Matty, I think you're up. <laughs> it's Red Dwarf. Yeah, te- there you go. <laughs> okay, that's acceptable. That's acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's uh, but it's interesting we go about the the war theme because actually this episode was due to be the first episode of this series or the last episode of the last series, um, but they weren't able to air it because of the ongoing Gulf War at the time. Oh, I mentioned that I mentioned that several weeks ago. There you go. 
you I remember you mentioning something about it, but that was the Camille yes. thing rather than yeah. Yes, the Camille thing, it was during it? Camille because Camille wasn't supposed to be the first episode. I think yeah. Meltdown and um, last week's episode, uh, Dimension Jump. Yeah, one. yeah, but we didn't go into the reasons why. I don't think. <clears throat> yeah, 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 because because they both have a sort of military slash war hero type vibe, and it was seen as being insensitive because the Gulf War was on mid nineteen ninety to early ninety one. That's why they pushed the whole series back to starting in February nineteen ninety one, rather than them being on in the autumn, in winter in nineteen ninety, and that's why those two episodes were put at the end. Because things by that time had, you know, resolved, mm. and it was uh, yeah, those were Man, those people, were the reasons. I know it's sometimes a oh, I situation, but I mean, is that going too far? I'm not sure. Would would people have been um, would people have been upset if we were in a state of war? Uh, if somebody had been on television and said um, there are always casualty in war, gentlemen, if there weren't, it would just be um, rather than <laughs> the argument with lots of shoving and pushing. What, after know. blowing up Mother Teresa? I think possibly people would have been annoyed, yes. I think having watched Mother Teresa explode, you're just desensitised to violence. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't lead to an outbreak of, of, of youth misbehaviour. I mean, we know what video games do. <laughs> no, I mean, I just I just don't connect these things like that. I, I see the real world a little bit different from a programme like this, I think. After, after weeks and weeks of us talking about the real world issues that Red Dwarf brings up for us, I suppose that's maybe... Um, coming at it from a different angle but yeah it doesn't seem linked to me but hey ho that's what they decided to do and maybe i'm wrong and maybe some people would feel sensitive towards it right okay let, let's have a, another round let's go 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 uh we'll start we'll start with you matt go on you got another another line for us um yeah i've got to find it first ding a ding 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 i've got plenty of jingles if you want any <laughs> um hang on one moment um i forgot what mine was yes then. the cat the cat when he was having his um worried about being tortured moment and i know it's, <laughs> it's mentioned earlier on but the they only have to force me into flare trousers and platform shoes and i'll sing like tweety bird tweety pie <laughs> tweety pie yeah i mean that's the uh that's the extra bit the tweety pie bit was the good bit yeah definitely dan um, very much enjoyed uh, Crichton. Uh, you know, upset that he's absolutely stuck. He's not, he's got no choice but effectively to support Rimmer in his in his mad endeavours. And uh, when challenged, you know, I'm I'm programmed to obey no matter how psychotic and deranged the order. Okay, Matty, got anything for for us? You love this episode so much. <laughs> um, my favourite I put down here is very well versed Putin. Bring hither the skin diving suit with the bottom cut out and unleash the rampant wildebeest. <laughs> And uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to give a mention to Elvis's line. He says, hell, even Doris Day. Slightly better in context, possibly. But, <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, as ever, a fun episode. I mean, there are no bad episodes from this point. So, you know. <laughs> I feel that like that needs its own jingle, to be honest, now more than anything else. No. Matthew, was... I think we should, totally ignore, we should totally ignore it every time he says it. But it, but it was like it was a fun episode. They were clearly having a giggle. It was they wrote it, and you know, it was almost like they were writing it and saying, "Yeah, go on, put Mother Teresa in it." Oh, yeah, no, go on. And then that happened, and it was like that. It was just it was daft, and I really, really liked it for that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it reached the heights, but it was it bubbled along and had lots of oh, fun yeah. stuff in it, didn't it? 
I loved it. Was it. Just different. It was just different. So I'm watching you, Gandhi. Anyway, I, on that on that note, we will end our little ramble through this merry episode. So um, what I'm going to say before we go is uh, next week's episode the uh, in between series episodes what we're going to do guys is we'll have our quiz as usual but instead of just talking about the episodes uh, the series as a whole we'll have a few other things in there about you know looking at old moments from the whole series and and, and episodes that have stood out for us now we're 24 episodes in because i don't think there's too much to say about this series breaking new ground like the other series had done perhaps we'll mention it see if there is but we'll put some other stuff in there as well so hopefully that will change up the episode a little bit but until that time i'll say goodbye from me matthew goodbye from me matt goodbye from me matty and goodbye from me dan what's wrong with you don't you realize that no one is even slightly interested in anything you're saying Hi everyone, Matthew here again, just popping up to let you know that um, we've started a Doctor Who podcast. That is myself and another friend who's quite into the worlds of Doctor Who, um, but also appearing from time to time on the podcast. Might be uh, co-hosts on So What Is It? So Dan makes an appearance on the first episode, and then we've got Matty and Matt on other episodes. But basically it's called the Doctor Who Scrapbook, where we look at various clips from across the years of Doctor Who and then have a conversation from that point. If you're into Doctor Who, check it out. The Doctor Who Scrapbook.